Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce here as well. Busy, busy times, Patrick. I think we're going to jump right in because we've got to talk about the Twins, the Gophers, the Loons, maybe a couple other things aside from this. Paul Chris getting fired by the Badgers. But we got to start with the Vikings, as we always do, or almost always do, this time of year. They are 3-1 and one now, Patrick, after escaping London. I don't know how else you can describe a 28-25 win in which penalties play a outsized role in which the last play of the game is a field goal that hits not just the upright but the crossbar before basically landing inches short that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime i mean that is an escape in the classic sense of the word because patrick they were vikings were in control of this game or at least threatening to take control of this game at various points in the second and third quarter settled for a lot of field goals instead of touchdowns At the end of the day, Patrick, it just kind of feels at this point anyway to me that the only thing that's changed from this year compared to past years, you know, when they've stumbled out of the gate is that they're winning these close games instead of losing them. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of difference in what I'm seeing on the field aside from the result at the end of the day. That's uh, absolutely right. But that also, uh, the more you think about it, has become the secret of the NFL's success. That yes, uh, the last two minutes, we don't know who's going to win about half the time now. And uh, they're all all these toss up games that Zim lost last year uh, by, you know, giving up all those points at the end of the first half and at the end of the game, they are not doing that. And they three and one and they got the miserable bears coming to town with that pathetic offense on Saturday, Sunday. So they certainly should be four and one. And I, you can't really complain about that because with seven teams going into the playoffs, if you're four and one and you look around, there's one unbeaten team. Everybody else is, you know, got at least one loss more than even the chiefs have one loss. So it's hard to complain about, but as I said on Twitter, they are, they're three and one and they've used the three major elements of football to win. They uh, won the first game with defense. They won the second game with offense and they won the third game with referees. So those are the three, <laughs> those are the three major elements in deciding the outcomes of football. The re- one of my big problems with the NFL is I cannot stand to watch officials decide is the, the, the incredible impact of a bunch of officials who run out of the tunnel saying, boy, I hope I get to call a lot of penalties today. And they drive me nuts. And uh, you cannot move the ball 40 yards and pass for past interference on that Latimer call to set up that touchdown because those were two guys hand fighting down there. And uh, you, you got to take into account I don't know. I think I'm a believer in the 15-yard uh, pass interference. I think I am too. That they have in college football. I mean, it's that's 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 a grievous uh, punishment to a defense, right? 15 yards. That's that's pretty good. That's enough. That's a, that's about yeah. as much as a penalty should be. Yeah, and now now it might they might be afraid of, you know, what that everybody would grab everybody when there's a 40-yard touchdown going to be played but i mean to to put a game ball on the what five yard line or whatever it was uh, right on, on that play it's just bad but that said you know they i thought cousins was good you know okay they they really got 
kind of the same conservative vein, as you pointed out, that Zim always got in those field goals that you, in those, you know, when they're down there in the red zone and they figure out a way to kick a field goal, it's pretty much the same as it was. So uh, you're right. It's, I mean, there's not much difference except you're three and one. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's good. And you'll be four and one for sure. Unless that would really take a screw up to lose that game Sunday. So uh, that would, uh, I watched them for a while. Yes. Oh yeah, me too. They're bad. They're they're unwatchable, man. They're horrible. But uh, so I, I guess, I don't know. They're, uh, you, you know, you're, you're playing the saints with, uh, the red rocket at quarterback and right. without, uh, without their running back and without their receiver and, uh, all those things, but that's also football. You got to take advantage of the other team's injuries and hope you have fewer than the other team. That's that. I always say when we're saying who's going to be good in the NFL, tell me how many of their regulars are going to get hurt. If, yes. if, if they lose two regulars for the season, they can win unless one of them's a quarterback, of course. And if you lose six, you can't win. So uh, that's, you know, and right now they're, they're reasonably healthy. I mean, Smith's been in and out of the lineup, but uh, beyond that, not, you know, not many problems. Delvin Cook's fine and uh, Irv Smith is back and uh, I know they don't have quite as much faith as in him as they had when the season started. No. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean they're they're three and one i guess and uh you know i guess not going over and enjoying london might have been the secret to their success they had more discipline than the saints did yesterday i'll say that well they did i mean it's you know whether this that whether that showed up you know what the what, what, what the uh you know what the cause of that is you know maybe a mystery but looking at the team stats again patrick i mean they were outgained per play both rushing and throwing just as, just as I think they were against Detroit, but just as they were against Detroit, they kind of did the little things and especially drawing the calls. I mean, Detroit had all of those pass interference, illegal use of the hands penalties and New Orleans, the same thing. New Orleans uh, did not get a single first down via penalty. The Vikings got five first downs by penalty, including those two big ones on <clears throat> that last uh, touchdown drive. The one that we were talking about just a minute ago, the uh, well, first it was the third and long where they they called the, uh, you know, I think it was a uh, Thielen again, they, or maybe it was Jefferson. They they were someone like jammed him at the line. They called him for illegal use of the hands, and that shouldn't have been a call. And then the long pass interference called a Thielen. So they definitely got some breaks along the way, including like we said that uh, that field goal that that doinked. I I think Cousins, to your point about Cousins, I think he he rallied and and played better. He still doesn't look entirely comfortable though <clears throat> in this offense and maybe that's to be expected it's still you know, it's, it's four games and then he's a guy who's gotten used to playing a certain way for a decade and now Kevin O'Connell saying well I see this when you when you know when when this is open I want you to let it let it rip not go to your second or third read so I think he's still trying to he's he's a people pleaser to a large degree I think and he's I think he's still trying to play quarterback the way Kevin O'Connell wants it to be played and I think there's an interesting little you know, kind of byproduct there. And I think some of those interceptions are probably a result of that, maybe even including the one on a Sunday. So that's, that's something for me to watch too, but you're right. At the end of the day, they are three and one. It's a league where you're right. It's, it does come down to those last plays. And for whatever reason, they've made those plays in the kind of the, in the two games that, that went down to those moments and whether it's just 
you know, luck, law of averages, and this will all even out, and they're not going to be great this year or not even going to be good, or whether they bank a bunch of wins against bad teams early on, and then that carries them to a 9- or 10-win season in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's certainly possible, too. Yeah, and I mean, you watched Green Bay last yesterday. They were terrible that they somehow won a game against some guy I never even knew existed on the planet playing for uh, the Patriots' you know, third-string quarterback. Patriots, yeah, Patriots, yeah, some guy from Western Kentucky, and uh, and uh, you know they were awful. Rogers was awful. He and his receivers. So I mean, the Lions are. A, clown show they've got 45 points yesterday and still managed to lose and the bears are terrible and uh the, the packers are here who's gonna win you already got three that means you're gonna get nine aren't you i mean even if you go you know six uh, six out of 50 you win six out of 15 right for sure you get nine nine will win this division they all stink green bay is terrible they you know, their, their defense is not half as good as it was supposed to be. Rodgers is just playing for the money. He don't care anymore. I mean, I, you know, 10 for sure gets you in the playoffs yes. and, and wins the division and nine might in this division. It's like the AL central. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's much to complain about, uh, right now. Uh, they, you know, the, the that, that, Opening Packer win will serve them well all season long because if you looked at it and the way you'd play it, you'd say, okay, two and two, they should be two and two, you know, something like that. But uh, having that extra win right off the bat when they really did play well in the opener, it's, uh, it, it comes in handy, but uh, they are great. They're not, as I keep saying, they're not nearly as good defensively as I thought they were going to be. But, uh, you know, their offense is, it's, it's okay. They, they did as you said, kind of fall back into that. Let's take the field goal uh, this time. And uh, that's, that, that was kind of distressing to see if you're a Viking fan, but uh, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, I've kind of gotten into the, uh, the mode of, 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 of the Vikings is okay. Well, I watched the chief. I mean, they were great last night, the chiefs, but I watched the chiefs a couple of weeks and I said, yeah, they didn't look good, but they won, you know, so you kind of, almost have to develop that attitude they didn't look good but they won that's uh that, that's kind of what you got to look at right now i think in the nfl the way that goes well and the preference would be you know last year they were maybe the best one and three team after four games yeah. and I, if they're if they're the worst three and one team after four <laughs> games now i think you'll uh i think you would prefer to be the uh the worst with the yeah. best record than well, i think i think green bay might be the worst one and three they're not one. good yeah they're that not was... good I mean, no, they're, they're not. not well, I mean, Rogers basically <laughs> said that yesterday. So, but everybody's, you know, all the good teams are three and one. You got one four zero, uh, the Eagles, and they were playing in a driving rain yesterday, and were in big trouble against uh, Jacksonville for much of the day. And it, it, it's amazing. I mean, Jacksonville was a, you know, are they going to win a game last year? And now this year they're competitive because they're they got to you know spend a little money, got a couple of guys around a quarterback and it really is a league where you got three or four really good ones and all of them are in the other conference. Maybe the Eagles are one of them, but, uh, and then you got, then you got 20 of them are the same. Or don't you think? I mean, yeah. it, like 20 teams are the same. This isn't baseball where you, you know, you have, you know, there's a real separation, right? There's not, there's not a much of a separation in, uh, from, 
the sixth best team to the 25th. I don't know. Well, which is, which was what makes the NFL so popular. You don't know who's going to win and you don't know who's going to win when there's two minutes left. That's what makes it so popular. Well, nobody can spend more than the other team and everybody's running the same stuff. So it's like, did the play work or not? A lot of it depends on, was there a penalty called? Did the offensive line manage to give the quarterback the three seconds he needed versus the two seconds he needed? I mean, it's, it's all very fractional in this league right now. That's probably why you see these outcomes that are so close. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, uh, and I, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if they've been doing a lot of lobbying with the league to, uh, let people, uh, not beat up Jeff Jefferson quite as much because he got 10 again yesterday. He did. Latimer was a pretty good, uh, you know, supposed to be a pretty good corner. And, uh, that's, uh, you know, they, they kind of got, uh, I think the fact that they were, calling all those penalties help loosen things up for him and uh you got to get him you know that to me the thing that uh you know the 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 game two and three the 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 really glaring thing was how jefferson didn't do anything in two straight games you got to do something so he comes back and catches 10 balls yesterday so that's encouraging too i would yes including the one for 41 yards i believe and i think his high was 11 over the last two weeks in terms of distance. So that's uh, that was good to see, too, him getting some chunks of yards, not just receptions as well. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I think you brought up a good point about the NFC North. And I think if you are a Minnesota sports fan right now, you cannot complain that you don't have a chance to compete within your own, whether it's division, conference, whatever. The Twins were only in it all year because of the AL Central. We'll get to them in a minute. Go for football, even though they lose to <clears throat> Purdue on uh, on Saturday, a game that Really, if they would have won that game, they would be in in huge amount of control in the Big Ten West. But still, Patrick, I mean, Iowa lost, Wisconsin lost, and fired their coach. There's nobody good in the Big Ten West. I mean, like like PJ PJ Flex said after the game, everything's right in front of us, and that's probably something you tell your team after you lose. But in this case, it's true. They can still yes. do everything because that's an, because they're still pretty good, and that's a terrible Big Ten West. And uh, I, I was I love the fact that the gopher uh, I'll use the word apologist, but uh, hardcore, they're still tied for first in the West. Yes, so is Northwestern. <laughs> There's five teams one and one. So uh, that's you know so that's yeah. <laughs> I mean the Illinois game is probably you know they go down and win that one. They're back in control, right? Yes. But and they get a week off, and Illinois has a game this week, so. Uh, you know, they, they, they have that advantage too. They get a week off to get their act back together, but uh, boy, talk about uh, you, you were saying that the Vikings are basically the same as last year. Talk about same as last year. That was a, that was a same as last year offensive performance, wasn't it? Yeah. And very strange Purdue, too. I just... mean, it, was, uh, it was just like uh, Purdue is not known for their rock rib defense with the Jeff Brown program. And to get uh you know, I mean, I know Ibrahim is fantastic, but uh, 
is the drop off that dramatic that you can rush for 47 yards? That was incredible to me. Yeah. Purdue was controlling the line of scrimmage, which was surprising. It just, I think Purdue was better than I maybe thought they were, but the Gophers were just, were flat from the beginning. It's one of those games where you just, you watched Purdue and the Gophers on the opening drives. And, you know, sometimes that can be a little bit overrated football has a lot of twists and turns, but it was kind of this. I felt the same way the week before when the Gophers played Michigan state and it was like Gophers go right down the field on Michigan state, Michigan state gets a quick three and out. And you're like, God, you just look at these two teams right now in the field and you can tell not necessarily which one is better every single day, but which one is better today. And you just looked at it and you're like, Purdue might just be the better team today. They're just they're They had, a, they had a certain energy and juice to them that the Viking that the Gophers just didn't seem to have for whatever reason. And then whether it's, expectations whether it's you know four and oh yes but we still got to judge them a little bit on the competition maybe michigan state turns out to be a pretty lousy team too i don't know what it is but they didn't look good and they you're right that the offense certainly regressed especially based on the comparison of the week before against michigan state well i think one thing is uh, is you know you played the patsy non-conference schedule and then you went and played michigan but but i just don't get the idea home for first big 10 game uh full house for the first time and actually fans showed up and they had a nice crowd and you don't you, you come out of the tunnel halfway flat i don't get it i, I don't I, I don't know how that works emotionally with a player you would think that maybe it's the 11 a.m kickoff i don't know what it was but uh yeah they've you know it, it is funny as uh good as this uh much as everybody loves this coach, including me, I'm all on the bandwagon. You're in now. Yeah. You I, and Harvey. I, I'm all in. Uh, it, he does. They, they throw this clunk. And then when things aren't going well, he gets weird, you know, like, okay, we're down on our own 28. Let's go for it on fourth and one. Why? It's the first quarter, right? Right. What are we doing? What are you, what's the hurry? You know, I mean, what's, we got to, we got to get our boys fired up here in the middle of the first quarter and give them the ball down on the, 29 yard line what the hell was that about he does that he does some weird stuff when there was a try to fake punt when there's no reason for it he, he does uh you know he does some weird stuff I, I don't think he's a great game manager i thought with uh with the new you know uh, the new offensive coordinator back i thought these kind of clunker games might be behind them but i mean with um the the old now new again offensive coordinator back at uh you know that they would I, I don't know the offensive that offensive game plan could have been written by mike sanford new coach of the colorado buffs but uh, that's another story oh yeah but it was i mean we've been uh we've been you know bad mouthing him since he left and then they came up with a nearly identical performance to what we saw from him last year yeah, and it's just too bad because, <clears throat> you know, it does seem like a lot of times with this team, and not every time, but a lot of times with this team, it's right. It's, they get to that one game where everybody's ready to buy in, where everyone's like, okay, you know, you, you, beat, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and you beat a team, you know, in Michigan State last week that, you know, you were favored against slightly, but, you know, road game against a, a team that had been ranked. You're like, okay, that was a pretty dominant performance. Right, It feels like right when everybody is fully ready to jump in, um, and believe in the gopher football team. This tends to happen. So I think it happens with gopher basketball. So that happens with all teams. And that's probably just 
you know, regression to the mean sometimes, but it's, it's unfortunate because that's, those are the momentum turning pro- points in your program where everybody starts to be like, okay, maybe this really is different now. And then now we're, now we're like, well, nothing's changed. Yeah. Well, that is. And I mean, didn't you, I mean, we were all the conversation last week was, well, you look at the schedule. The only game they can lose is Penn state, right. You know, the way everybody else is playing. And then now all of a sudden you say, Oh my God, they're going to be a, what a five, six point underdog at Illinois, unless Illinois were to get hammered this week or something, but uh, you know, they're going to go down and play Illinois and it's going to be, it's going to be like the games with Wisconsin used to be because Bielema is there and they're playing run it down your throat football. And they got, you know, so, uh, but they, you know, as I said, they got a week to figure out their act, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a strange, strange. They were still 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Right. It was right there still. Yeah. Their defense was good again. So yes, it's not, it's not, uh, it wasn't Joe Rossi's fault. No, but uh, man alive, uh, what a! I, I mean, I was shocked last night, and all of a sudden, about what time? Nine o'clock at night, you get the tweet that Paul Christ is right. out. I know. You see the buyout, sixteen point eight million. We were right. all, we were all going nuts when Nebraska decided to give Scott Frost fifteen instead of seven and a half. Right. And they pop up and and fire him. He's what won seventy two percent of his games, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and and uh, you know he's a he's a he's the public Paul Christ and the behind the scenes Paul Christ. And I got some friends down there who cover him who love him. Tom Oates and those guys because when you have sit down and have a discussion with him. It's not that boring guy who does post-game conferences. He's, he's one of those guys that uh, dropped the F-bomb about every seventh word. And, uh, you know, I, we saw the real Paul Crisp, Crisp when they were playing uh, Miami in that bowl game. And uh, they showed him on the sideline, you know, they were using the turnover chain. Yeah. And uh, the, the, it was a pretty good bowl game, right? And they were getting beat in the first half. And then they came out and kicked the hell out of them in the second half. And you could see him uh, – on the sideline, say, take that turnover chain and stick it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he gave a little thing. I, I mean, I've liked the guy, but you know, they were losing it a little recruiting wise. Their offensive line is, uh, you know, they're running for two yards. They ran for four yards uh, on uh, on Saturday against Illinois. Now, right. in in the, you got to know that in the, they take the sacks off the. You know, they take the sacks off the rushing yardage and they, as you know, it's, uh, they keep their stats different in college than they do in the pros. But, uh, but uh, yeah, their, their trademark stuff was gone, but man alive, this new AD, Chris McCarron, who was a former player and, uh, you know, obviously was probably handpicked by Barry and uh, to, to come up with 16 to 8 million. You know what this shows you? Hmm. The Big Ten has gotten way too much money on coming in. Yeah, they, you know, they just they they they're no, they have no compunction about throwing dozens of millions of dollars into their football programs. It's uh, you know just whatever they want to. But talk about an impulsive thing. Okay, you can, you know, you can. What what do they think this team is going to? Uh, you know, all of a sudden pop up and go to the Rose Bowl or something for that kind of money. Now they love this Jim Leonard, right? The defensive coordinator. Yeah. They're saying that they're saying that uh, 
you know, that he's interim, but if, if they do anything down the stretch, he'll be their new coach. So yeah, Baron might've played with them for all I know. I don't know if they're the same age or not, but, uh, you know, that's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few stab marks in uh, Paul Chris back, as a matter of fact. Well, it was, uh, it was labeled a surprise in the stories I've read. And, you know, they off to a rough start this year, but they lost to Washington state. Was it in the non-conference and they lost, yeah. obviously got blown out by Ohio state and then Illinois. Room. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was a lousy, lousy performance, but man alive. And yeah, but I, I do think my favorite thing of the weekend is, is uh, Colorado firing another coach. Carl Durrell, who they ended up stumbling into after Mel Tucker left, or Midnight Mel, as they call him out there. And, uh, and uh, you know, and they make Nate Mike Sanford their, uh, their interim coach. The guy's a complete stiff. Every time he's head coach, he's been terrible. Every time he's assistant coach, he's been terrible. And you're going to, they, they seem to be so screwed up out there. It's unbelievable. But Michigan State, here's another thing, Mike. Michigan yeah. State lured away Mel Tucker from from Colorado for $95 million. Yes. A $95 million contract. Last year, he brought in like 20 transfers. They, Michigan State, they stole about eight wins that they didn't deserve. And now they stink and they got him for a $95 million contract. So, well, but we'll... Another year, Bell has two bad years. They fire him, owing him fifty million dollars. It's uh, it's incredible what the money that the Big Ten's got on the way, and they're they have no conscience anymore. They just fire guys if they're unhappy with them and don't care about the millions. You know, they could start a baseball program again in Wisconsin for sixteen point eight million. Yes, but they, uh, you know, anyway, it was it was a shocker that Chris is gone. Uh, but he lost two to the Gophers, so maybe that's a uh, <laughs> you know, he's, Chris beat him twice. I mean, uh, Fleck beat him twice. So they won two out of the Gophers. They won two out of three after not winning one for 14 years. So maybe the I Big Ten, know. maybe the Big Ten is shopping at the, at the Dior store, Patrick. Yes, they think? are shopping at the Dior store. Now, uh, my original reaction, we go back to Chris uh, Carlos Gray now, who, by the way, nice salary drive by Carlos here the last month, right? The team has stunk, but he's been fantastic. Yes. And, uh, and uh, you know, trying to just kind of let everybody know that when he hits the free agent market, he's still really good. And maybe you can see this for four months instead of one. But uh, uh, so I wrote a comment about it for Saturday because my original reaction, when you when you see that quote about the Dior standing, standing alone, you say, Okay, he's saying I go to the Dior store. Right. When I go shopping, I don't know where you commoners shop, but I shop at the Dior. Well, but when you when you find out the context of it, he was saying, if you're trying to sign me, you're going to the Dior store. Yes. Was, yeah, I'm a Dior product. Not that I go and get all my clothes at Dior or all my bags or everything at Dior. So right. It was, it was night nice ride, and I had a little fun with it. It was a uh, a great Jim Rich question. We all love Jim Rich's questions. Uh, it's been at uh, Channel Nine for uh, 
you know, we, we all love Jim's questions, trying to kind of like reading one of my columns. You don't know where the hell he's going with it. And uh, he kind of drifts off into the side and he starts asking a question. You can go out and have a sandwich, come back and you know, yes. get ready, get yes. ready for the answer. But I like him a lot. And uh, he asked the question kind of a roundabout way. And that's, and then he says, basically, Correa, who's pretty sharp, says if you're, you know, basically, if you're going to shop, if you're going to shop at the Dior price, you shop, which is me, you got to pay the price. So, yeah, his exact his exact quote was, "When I go to the mall and I go to the Dior store, when I want something, I get it. I ask how much it costs and I buy it. If you really want something, you just go to get it. I'm the product here. If they want my product, they've just got to come and get it. Now that was." You wrote the column, which you started with a story from 1978, which was yes, very right. much in, in in the style of your columns, which I appreciated. That was the, the day after always, the news. That was the day after the news had happened, too, right? Yes, that was the yeah, second yeah, right, day. Right, right. And, and it was because I immediately went on Twitter and made fun of them, but I didn't really know what the context was. I I wasn't there that night, and then uh, then somebody told me it was. Uh, from a Jim Rich question, I said, oh, okay, I got to figure out what the question was. And so I called Jim and he sent me a video of the, of the, of that little five minute, uh, sure. uh interview session that Correa has. And, you know, one thing about, I, I, we've been able to discover in, in this modern times of horrible access in baseball, just like in every other sport, uh, you can see why the beat writers in Houston love Correa. And you can see why the beat writers here do. Because he comes, he's over there in the corner before the game for five, six, eight minutes, generally speaking. You can get a couple of pregame quotes. And, you know, there's, you know, Tyler Duffy got traded, so there was nobody else to talk to or got dropped. And then, uh, and then after the game, he generally, if you want, if they wanted him, he'd come out and, uh, and, and obviously he he tell you something interesting and this was something interesting you know it'd be great to keep him but there was never a chance that uh, he wasn't going to become a free agent so he's basically saying you know i'm going to be a free agent i'm going to be uh on a shelf in the dr store and if you want me you better come in and pay the price so. well it does beg the question one <clears throat> um who's gonna play shortstop for the twins in yes. 2023 and you know too, you had a, you had a good line at the end, and it was something I was kind of thinking about. I mean, the Twins, in general, um, if they have thirty five million dollars to spend, usually take, usually cut it up into three or four pieces, and yeah, then go shop right. at TJ Maxx or Marshalls for their yeah, players, right. not the Dior store. But um, what are they going to do with shortstop if this ain't yeah. your guy? Because Royce Lewis is hurt, and I mean, you can find a stopgap, I guess. Jermaine Palacios, I'll tell you that, but. Uh... It's not Nick Gordon. Uh, he's not a defensive fielder. So uh, I, I don't know. They'll probably have to go get, maybe they'll get the guy that they traded to the Yankees. Kiner uh, Falefa. <laughs> yeah, because he might be on the market because they, they'll probably upgrade. Maybe Gray ends up there, although that would put them way. Once they pay Judge, I don't think even the Yankees are going to have enough money to, to pay anybody else. So, uh, but. Yeah, that's somebody that's the type of guy they're going to have to get to play next year. They're going to have to just, you know, don't get Andrew. Don't get some 33 year old, though. As I said on my thing, they love this Brooks Lee. He's already in double A. If you don't go and get a shortstop rather than have all these rejects, take a look at him in spring training. Maybe he's not even close. Right. But uh, 
you know, what the hell? Just have him in camp and see if he can play or not. Uh, uh, you know, they're, but they're going to have to get a veteran too. Andrelton will be available again if they want to go get him. <laughs> it, it's always, I, I, I like watching him because he's from the planet Pluto. <laughs> he's unbelievable. <laughs> right. He's the goofiest guy of all time. Although he's uh, he's cooked now, but yeah, they're gonna have to get a shortstop. I don't know where. And the name that know. popped into my head was not that this guy's still around, obviously, but Jason Bartlett, a Jason Bartlett type. Yes, yes. yeah, that's true. Gardy, one of Gardy's great moves was when he wanted Jason Bartlett back, and he put him in left field. What an opening day or something? He damn near got killed out there playing left field. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They don't have one uh, now. No. They're gonna go get one, but. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, uh, I I'm trying to find the tweet I sent out in July when I turned on these guys. You know, Tiberius, really <laughs> and I said they're going to finish 78 and 84. And I thought I sent it on Twitter, but I can't find it. But uh, maybe what are they now 77 and 82. Yeah, I, it, it could be. I, I'd like to find it. I think I I think it was 78 and 84. I said they're going to finish and. I got bad mouthed by the uh, blogosphere for that one. So, uh, but I, you know, I, I guess when you consider they were tied for first place on September 4th, this has been a rather precipitous a month game. ago. Yeah. They, a month ago. A they month, were one tied. month ago tied for first. What is it now? 13, 12 or 13, 12. Yeah, maybe 13. It's unbelievable. And they're now pretty well locked into uh, third, right? I mean, they're, they're unless they, go in and you know sweep the whiteies or something yes. not that it's any difference but uh it is i mean the lineup they're setting out there now is an embarrassment to double yeah. a baseball Contreras, you can't get him out of the lineup cave you can't get him out of the, what the heck i mean it's it's a re- joke <laughs> i don't see uh jim swan and god love him and i have a completely different view of this team for next yes. year i don't see where the optimism is coming from no, I mean, they got some pictures. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing I think is okay. Yeah, but here's the deal you can't go into a season thinking Louis Varland's going to pitch 160 innings and Josh Winder's going to pitch 160 innings. And uh, you well, nobody have- on this, nobody on this team no. pitches 160 innings. No, and uh, who is the uh, were you the one that's when did you go look the starters, right? That, yeah, the, the in 19 they had. They had five, they had five, yeah, they had like 889 innings from the starters. They were sixth in the majors that year. And I think they had five guys that threw at least 146 innings, which is, you know, kind of a low bar, but you know, you knew who was going to pitch every fifth day, most of the time that year. And this year, yeah, Pineda was the, uh, you said that was the fifth most. Yes. Yeah. It was Pineda and Perez, I think, and Kyle Gibson and, uh, well, obviously, then uh, what, Odorizzi what, and uh, what changed in their philosophy? You looked at that team, that team won 101 games, and I know they did it mostly hitting home runs, but that team won 101 games by letting pitchers pitch seven innings, right? Yes. What what changed the philosophy that now we only want them to, we never want them to face the third time through the order? What what I think it was- happened? It, in the in the I mean one year was a pandemic year, so that was sixty yeah. games. What what changed this philosophy to lean that heavily in your bullpen? Maybe it's the guys you signed, Bundy and Archer. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, you gotta go back to 
sending a guy out there and uh, telling him, I'll come out and visit you in the seventh and see if you can make it through the inning. You know, I mean, it's the, this whole philosophy that they're on probation for the, by the fourth inning is not, I went a tirade on it a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, but it's, it's not sustainable. Go back no. to whatever your whoever was making the decisions in 2019, and maybe it was Wes Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I uh, uh, was was a hell of a lot smarter than who's ever making the decisions now. I'll tell you that. Well, I think it's two things. I think it's the quality of the pitchers to a certain degree. Yes. And I think, I think too, they got they outsmarted themselves in the pandemic, where they got so worried that they're going to overthrow these guys that didn't get enough work in 2020, especially the minor leaguers who didn't pitch at all in any real game situations that they've, it's been two years now and they still haven't caught up to the idea that it's okay to let them throw now. And I think 2021 was maybe a little bit more understandable, but you know, you know who led the team in innings pitched in 2021? No. Jose Barrios. And he got traded. He got traded two months with with two months left in the season. Yeah, that's right. And I, I mean, everybody's, you know, Jose's had some real clunkers. His last, he was actually on a pretty good roll this month. And then his last time out, he gave up eight runs and two innings. He's gotten hammered a lot, but he's still yes. pitching. You know, he still made every start. Okay? Yes. Every start. Now he's only going to end up with a hundred and little less than 170 innings this year. So, I mean, because he had some, he had a lot of short starts because he stunk. <laughs> not yes, because, right. Not because he got hooked uh, early because right. they, they didn't have the face. But, you know, obviously Toronto overpaid him, right? But, uh, but the fact that, uh, you know, but, but he would have still led this team. He would have pitched the same here as he did in Toronto. Right. Would have led the team in innings, and you would have known he was going to be your starter every fifth day so uh, you know they just have to get back to using starting pitchers like you know tampa uses them different than everybody else somehow they figured it out somehow they worked it out but it doesn't work anywhere else so and it's not working here because you don't have guys that smart Patrick, speaking of epic collapses let's touch on the loons really quick before we get out of here lost again to San Jose the other night. Holy San Jose, San Jose. <clears throat> holy, weren't they last place or something? Um, they're down there, yeah. And it's yeah. this is this is the thing too, Patrick. Their last six games, they've lost five and drawn one. And I looked it up the yeah. other day. I think it's something like outscored like fourteen to two in those yeah. six two matches. Two goals in six games. Two goals in six. Something games. like that. Two goals and they've given up fourteen. I think, which is All that's right. a recipe to. Uh, to lose it. Adrian Heath, after the game, my friend John Marthaler texted me this quote because I missed it on how the team doesn't have enough energy to win in a game like this. I wish I knew. Maybe it's the makeup of some of the people we've got. Maybe we've got to look at that. Well, I wish I knew if you don't know who does. And he got a new contract. Didn't he? he got yeah. Season, like a, two months ago or six weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, somewhere in the season he did. They gave him a new contract and they haven't won since. Uh, and, you know, the real soccer aficionados, the, the three guys I talked, they're not big Heath guys anyway. So no. You know that from having a <laughs> soccer friends. They, there's some stuff about him they don't like. I wouldn't know from watching. But uh, I did watch a little of the game yesterday just to make sure our play Saturday. by play. Yeah. 
Saturday just to make sure our play-by-play guy was still breathless throughout the, without the, without the whole game. Take a breath. What's that guy's name? Callum. 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 It's okay. Take a deep breath. Then say what you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> That's kind of the soccer deal, right? The action is so fantastic that I can't catch my breath. Right. It. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's quite an epic collapse. But Vancouver at home. Yeah. They, uh, they got to beat Vancouver at home, don't they? I they mean, should. I mean, and if they, if they, they if only they, need a tie, right? To uh, uh, Not necessarily. I think oh, I thought, no, I thought I read Zagoda's piece today. If they get a tie, they're in. Is that true? Oh, maybe it's because of who's playing who. Yeah, because real, real uh, Salt Lake is, is it real Salt Lake or real? Or real Salt Lake, yeah. Oh. Nice. I'm looking at the and, standings here. Well, no. I, th- I think those teams are playing each other. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. So Salt Lake plays Portland. So if, if the loons draw, they would be tied with Portland. And I think that would give them that tiebreaker. Maybe that's my, that must be it. Well, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did the pressures on, uh, and, uh, that's uh, Sunday at, uh, four Sunday decision at four. Day. Yes. Decision day. Decision day. All right. Well, yeah, quite an epic collapse. There's when I was trying to, when are we at a team? Well, I was going to say, when are we at a team collapse like that? But I guess this year. A month ago. <laughs> Just a month ago, Patrick. About, what is it? Like uh, five miles there? Target yeah. field? Maybe four? Yeah. You know, four yeah. or five miles? I guess, yeah. We, this the, is collapse. Boy, green, the, green line to green line, baby. How about if the Gophers end up uh, four and four in the Big Ten, Oof. four and five in the Big Ten, and the Vikings fall on their face? We could... We could we could come up. Randball could have some fun coming up with a title for a collapse town or something. Yes, it's uh, the wheels are already turning, Patrick. Let me tell you that the wheels are turning. So I gotta tell you, our uh, when I when I owned the condo in uh, Fort Myers, uh, we had uh, Claudia Garcia was our uh, great gal, and she'd come in and clean it like once a month. And when we weren't there, we'd have her clean it a couple times during the summer. And you know, make sure to get the worms out and stuff. And but she'd go by and check it and everything. So I, I texted her and she came back. Roof blown off her house. Oof. Uh, flooded. No water. No power. But she's staying in the house because there's so much thievery going on. So many people are going into houses that have been abandoned and stealing stuff. And she said they're pulling guns on each other at the gas stations, fighting over food and. Uh, and uh, drink and ice and anything else they can. It's really bad down there. I guess it's, uh, you know, I think we're not, we're reading it, but we're, we're looking at all the disasters, but we don't know how, you know, desperate or crazy or, you know, people are down there. According to Claudia, she's, uh, she's, uh, you know, she was, that was my report from there, but wow. what a fast man alive. Sanibel, the bridges down, they won't be able to get people won't be able to get off that island without a boat for five months. For wow, <clears throat> yeah, Jeez. it's what a mess! Yeah. What a mess, indeed. All right, Patrick. Well, appreciate all of uh, all of this today, and uh, we'll do this again in a week. All right, Michael. See ya. See ya.